Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah. And if you have blended a family and left toxic relationship and blended a family and got remarried and all this kind of stuff, you might have the lovely experience of stepchildren, which can be a lovely experience. And we have Amy Stone, who specializes in helping people understand this blended dynamic and make it successful. Hello, Amy. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me here today. Okay. So I'm sure this is directed a bit to your personal situation. Do you want to tell people kind of your your experience in this field? Absolutely. I mean, it definitely is um, rooted in my lived experience. So when I was in my 20s, um, just being a happy 20-year-old, I fell in love with a guy who was divorced um, and already had kids. Um, And I did not. Um, and so I was a stepmom before I was a mom. And there are lots of people who go into these relationships with lots of experience, and that's a great thing to do. My personal story is that I did not know what I was doing, and I learned as I went along. And I found that there were tough spots. Um, adulting can be really hard. And so being adult and becoming a stepmother and being a wife and then becoming all of those are hard things. Those are all really hard transitions. And specific to the blended family situation, I did personally struggle to find support and assistance that was geared in how I could be happy in my chosen life. And so, but I I did some of that. I did find some of that along the way. And now that I've been doing this for a long time, um, I am in a position where I love to help people do that work to be happy in the life that they've chosen, because these are our homes. These are our families. And there's maybe no place else where we want to be happier and safer than our inner home house. My best friend adopted a child. He was a foster child. um, And she got him when he was either four or five. And I always because I am a stepmother, right? I'm a mother and a stepmother and it's not the same experience, right? right? And a lot of the things her and I talk about is that my children and I are genetically linked, right? So when my son does something silly, like leave his smoothie out so that I knock it all off over the floor, my head goes, yeah, I struggle with spatial reasoning as well, right? When, you know, there's things that I can not make excuses. There's just some type of understanding and empathy that either, you know, um, me or their dad, like, you know, there's some genetic connection. And with a stepchild, that can be really hard. It can be really hard. And she talked about, I love her perspective on it because she said, raising your child versus raising a foster child in this situation is like a different island. Like think about it as a different island. We don't have that genetic connection of like, oh, I get why he did this or I get why she did this. Um, And I think that can be really helpful into the context of the stepchild conversation. Does that feel right for you? Uh, Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, it is, there's definite comfort in what feels familiar to us. So when we look at our biological children and we see the similar physical elements and patterns that they are repeating from us. That's very safe and comfortable, right? It feels, sometimes it feels wonderful. Sometimes when you're raising an adolescent, it feels less wonderful when they're repeating things that you wish you hadn't done, right? We, it's very hard to look at your own kid and be like, Ooh, 
I did that too. But um, we all have very strong relationships, very loving, deep relationships with people that we are not related to, right? So very old friends that we've known since we were little, um, coworkers that we've known forever, cousins. I guess there is a biological connection with cousins, but people we, you know, that the people we choose to marry and and spend 20 or 30 years with or forever with, right? So the, I think that it's it's absolutely accurate. And I think it's also very helpful, like your friend was saying, to see it for the reality it is. And then I guess what I'd say is stand in the choice of I, I, I want to develop a relationship with this person. And it might take a lot of time because one of the things that I find with stepkids, and I don't know what your stepkid um, relationship is, is that if you're only seeing a child you know, twice a week, for a couple right. of days, it takes a lot longer to develop that bond than when you are 24 seven with somebody from the day they were born. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that that's a sensitivity that gives, allows us to be compassionate about the time it takes to develop that relationship. And like many things, I think that if we look for the lack, like, oh, I don't have a biological connection with this person. And you focus on that, that can be true, but it can also create a wedge. And if you back up and say, okay, even though that's true, do I want to have a strong relationship with this child? Like what, what kind of family do I want to create and who do I want to be in this relationship? Does that make sense? So absolutely. And what are some tips for how you do it? Especially, I know a lot of stepchildren struggle with loyalty, right? You know, they're loyal to the, the birth parent. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Yeah. So we call that the loyalty bond. Um, and it is a really, really interesting thing. And it's, it's super interesting that you brought up foster kids and adopted kids to do this because some of the most helpful resources that I've read about understanding this is from people who work with, um, people who are in the foster and, um, a totally different type of relationship, but parents, kids who have multiple adults in their life may have a loyalty bond. They may be loyal to somebody who is their biological parent or is a big piece of their life. And there's a lot of evidence or research, and this is you know not actually my expertise because I'm a life coach, but I'll, I'll throw it out there. And if I'm wrong, people can let me know. There seems to be a lot of evidence for the fact that kids will do this, even if the reality of that relationship is, is not safe or helpful to them. Right. And that can be very hard for somebody who steps into a blended family and that, hey, I'm here. I'm the one who's here and I'm nice and I'm doing all of these things for you. And yeah, little Johnny or Susie is like, yeah, but you're not my mom and I'm going to love my mom and not you. And they they can act out in ways that are really, really aggressive sometimes. It's a really tough situation for adults to be in. And uh, and and it is. It is a really very, very tough situation. And the tips that I offer, and these are grossly oversimplified, right? But this is the work I do with people. So I'll throw it out there is like, when we, when we lead with compassion for this, right? Um, so if I tell you there's a loyalty bond that doesn't help you with anything, right? Okay. Now, you know, that there's a loyalty bond, but compassion for yourself in this situation that is hard, right? Um, compassion for the child who is a child and trying to find safety and security in the situation that they've been given in the world right? Um, compassion for the family as a whole. And, and we start there and we say, okay, this is hard now. What are we going to do to help make it better? What is, what is compassionate? Is there space in my heart to honor the fact that this child would love to have a parent that is perfect for them, 
right? You know, and and if that's not the case, then then it's not the case. And what do we want to do next? Is there space in my heart to be able to love this kid, even though he's got another parent, right? Even though I have strong feelings about their parent, even though this other adult is maybe hurting this child, like where where can I make space to be the best version of myself? There's a grief to that, you know, as you talked about to yourself. I thought I'd like to say that out loud. (laughs) So people don't feel bad or, you know, it's like no one, I don't think anyone grows up dreaming of a blended family. Right. Oh, it's so good that you brought that up. That is a huge thing, right? So, um, and nobody wants to believe that or admit maybe as an adult that their vision of their future was set in a Disney movie, right? But if you have a childhood vision of what you hoped your life would be like, and then you find yourself in a blended family, it's really helpful to acknowledge the fact that what you have is maybe not exactly what you dreamed of. Because if you try and force a blended family into a traditional family role, you just create a lot of misery for yourself. Like, I mean, it's because it's not that right? It's not that. It's like trying to tell an apple that it's a pineapple. Like, hey, apple, please be this pineapple. Please, Oh, you're still not a pineapple. Still not a pineapple. I'm really unhappy that you're not a pineapple. That's a losing circular discussion. That apple is never going to be pineapple. I may have turned that around backwards in my head, but whatever I was saying in the beginning, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, you get it. Right? You're trying to force something to be something that it isn't. And the awareness, we, I guess we don't think about it, right? Like, I don't, I don't look back on my childhood and think that, oh, I had these dreams about what my family would be, right? I, I thought that I was making decisions in my 20s, but I definitely, my, my story definitely does come back to the fact that I was like, oh, wow, I did have some ideas of what I would be like as an adult of what my family might look like. Oh, would you look at that? <laughs> my dreams when I were a kid were, are showing up in my happiness as an adult. And so that is, and there is a piece of that. Any transformation includes letting go of grieving, accepting the the shift from what you were, right? The most famous of those that we all experience is that when you are going from a child to an adolescent, there's a piece of that, which is letting go of being a child. Um, and it's hard, right? So when, if you have somebody in your family, you probably, all of us probably remember doing that ourselves. And then when you watch your kids and your stepkids do it, it's hilarious, right? Because one minute they want to be a little kid and the next minute simultaneously at exact same time, they want to be like treated like a full adult, all of the privileges, none of the responsibility. Um, and those things happen at the same time. And it's like a really tough thing. And, um, and we repeat that over and over again in our life, but yeah. Well, it, it might not be a Disney movie. I mean, it could be a religious community, family expectations. You know, I mean, I definitely, I actually did a Facebook post this week on Disney movies and how like they corrupt kind of our future view. So I'm definitely aligned with that. And, you know, I want to point out, I see a lot of people, you know, a faith community may say, you know, yeah. a mom and a dad and that the only, you know, biological children within that house is the only option that's you know, good enough or whatever. hundred um, percent. Grief to that too. Yeah. And I think so. I'm a Gen Xer and I definitely was a person who came home and watched TV. And so like, I definitely had a concept that got in my way as an adult of what a family 
would should look like. So my parents were divorced. So I didn't have that experience of having this family. So I like had this like idea that, um, you know, it should be like family ties and it should be like the Cosby show and it should be that. And there are problems with that. Like you say, like notably that in all of those shows, problems pop up and they fix them in 30 minutes. And that, I don't know about your house, but that's not actually the way it works in my house. I wish it was, I wish it was, but that's just not the way it is. And so I did have false views that were not necessarily from Disney, but I do pick on Disney because they make the stepmoms look bad. Um, and mm-hmm. so they're an easy target. No, they, Hey, I did a Facebook post on it this yeah. week, you know, like Ariel giving up her voice for a man. Oh, I it's saw like, that. That was fantastic. I loved yeah. that post. Yes. It's like, so, so we're aligned. We're aligned. Yeah. I call it life 2.0. And from my own experience, I had no experience. I had such, such healthy relationships with kids. I love teenagers. I had a great relationship with my own kid. I have a degree in education. My part of my undergrad is with a certification of education. I mean, I was like, man, I am primed and ready for this step parent thing. Like I'm good. Right. And I I think no one had said to me it, you know, when Humpty Dumpty falls off the wall, you don't put the pieces back in the same way. And I just I just didn't know. Right. right. There was a, a big a lot of mistakes I made, first off, like trying to like step in as, you know, mom rather than stepmom. Um, and then, you know, just a a grief to that. I, I had read one time that you kind of think about the step parenting role almost like I love your opinion on this. I'm not. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I, I love your opinion. Um, kind of like being like an aunt. Like yeah. okay, so parents make the main decision, and you're kind of like the aunt or uncle. So you care about the child, but you're not. I'm going to say something out loud. I'm going to say something out loud. From my parenting and step parenting experience, if I you can care the same, but if you're carrying the responsibility as the same, it's actually going to create more conflict and more problems than like with, a, with you know, with my yeah. niece's nephew, I don't think I, I care about them, but I'm not up at night, like they should do this and they need this type of education and they need this. Is, is that kind of your view on it? It can or? be. Yeah. I mean, there are step parents who do have where there is not another parent, right? So um, we normally think of step-parents as being um, stepping in after a divorce and things, but in the event where somebody um, is perhaps widowed, right? And then they remarry, you would have a step-parent. And and so it comes in different degrees. Um, Or if you have somebody, you know, there's a lot of different combinations of this that come out. And so there are people out there who are full-time step-parents who have um, no biological relation to the kids that they are parenting, but they do have a lot of day in and day out active burden right um and so that does present but there is when in the case where you have um somebody that you you're sharing this big family with these kids and so it t- it does take a while to develop um a bond you know and first they're they're adorable and they're cute and you like them but you don't have the connection and a few years down the line hopefully you develop a connection not always but you know some level of connection um but yeah it's like a lot of situations when it's not actually our full responsibility to get involved. If we interject ourselves, that can be very painful, right? That can be very, very painful. And um, it it is one of the tested um, 
premises, like things, sort of guidelines that we give people in blended families, like, you know, and it can hurt to have people point this out is one of the things like, so sometimes people say, oh, stay in your lane or you're just the stepmom. And that can feel very painful to have people tell you. Um, and, the, but the flip side of that is that, you know, the, the, a lot of the decisions are made by the biological parents and, and you may not fully agree with it and they can be right or wrong. And so it's like putting yourself in a position of how much of this burden am I going to take on and make my own and where am I actually needed? The longer you're in a blended family, if you develop strong relationships, sometimes the step parent creates their own sort of role. And then that is their job, right? Then there's a job. The kids come to them for different things. And so you can do it. And so what I do as a life coach is help people figure out um, where they're where they're comfortable and happy and where they feel secure. Um, and and what what creates that happiness and safeness in your family because if you are seeking the validation of being acknowledged for being the mom, and yet you are a stepmom and there is an active mom, so you're getting a lot of feedback about you're not the mom, you're not the mom, you're not the mom, that feels pretty yucky, right? That feels that feels yucky and you don't like that very much. And so in that case, it's hard to grieve that and step back and be like, all right, there is another mom who's doing that and this is not my role. But the path out of that sometimes can be, if it works out well, to figure out what drives your happiness and creating that within that framework. Like what does my happy blended family look like and how can I be happy in this situation? You talked about kids coming in and being cute and connected. I I do know myself and then other clients as well. Um, What happens if you get a 16 year old? Oh yeah. (laughs) And there's, you know, they're in an age or a 19 year old, right? Or 22 year old. Right. Yes. Um, any any advice or thoughts on on that stage? Of I game? think that I think that what you presented earlier about the aunt situation is a pretty good thing. So when I was a new step parent, somebody did tell me, and I should have paid more attention at the time, but I never knew that I was going to set myself up with this business twenty plus years down the line. But they did tell me that if you met your stepkids and they were under five years old, they were more likely to accept you in the role of a parent, right? And otherwise you know, that was harder to set up. And so my stepkids, when I came into life were eight and four, and that does blend with my actual experience. Like the younger one is more willing, has always been more willing to accept, you know, that me laying down a rule or a consequence or just sharing an opinion. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's hierarchical. He doesn't, give me quite the weight that he gives, you know, either of his parents, but he will, he will come to me, you know, Oh, you know, what, what do you, what should I do here? You know, how do I make a doctor's appointment? <laughs> Those things. Like I can be that The older one never quite saw me in that exact role unless I had the experience they were needing. Like, so, you know, so it was, it was different. And so with that framework of knowing that she may not do that, that was helpful for me to not put myself into a spot. Now, let me be clear. She definitely would accept me when she needed me. We were on a ski trip. She got a scarf um, wrapped around like a tow rope and I was the fastest one there. And she was really happy that I was there. I got a lot of like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, because that was that, but you know, it is a difference in the instance where they're like almost adults, it's a really, really interesting dynamic. And I'll give you a story of something that's like an extreme version of this. It's not like a client story, but it's a friend of mine that I know. I was standing, I live in Miami, Florida. I was standing on the beach um, talking to friends um, about a holiday exchange. And a friend of mine was saying how there had been awkward discussions 
in, over the recent holiday. Um, and this person is my age. He's 50. You know, the, his parents are adults. And his turns out his mom several years ago passed away. His father has remarried. And he had created all this drama in his mind about, you know, should he call this new person his stepmom? And and I was listening to it and I was thinking, I was like, I was like, well, wait a minute, you know, I totally, have you guys talked about this? Like, have you asked her if she wants you? He's like, no, but I'm just very confused. And I was like, I completely get that. And I just want to offer that, you know, maybe she's just going to be your father's wife, right? She may never actually have a parent role in the sense of a child and a parent because you're already an adult, you know, like it is going to be different. And so I think that that's very open. And then there's the stereotypical one where, you know, teenager or a young adult ends up with a step-parent that's very close in age to that, which is an interesting dynamic. And I think that there are times where if you just let it be that, like this person is, you know, officially a step-parent, if you were to put him on a chart, but I'm just going to think of it as my parents' new wife and you are my husband's kid and I'm here if you need me, but I'm not going to try and parent you. Amy Stone, this has been great. Where can people find out more about you and your work? Absolutely. Okay. So my name is Amy Stone and I call my business Amy Says So, which is a play on that parental slogan because I say so. And the best way to find me and get all of my various wisdoms and get to know me better is at amysaysso.com. Awesome, Amy. Thank you for helping us on our journey to become toxic person proof. If you have been listening to the Toxic Person Proof podcast and think, gosh, there's really something different about this. There's something different about what Sarah's saying. Good, because there's so many people talking about narcissism and talking about understanding toxic relationships and too few people talking about building an amazing life after a toxic person encounter. Finding love, finding joy, finding that new career, finding a great relationship with your kids, finding yourself, finding your confidence. So if you love what you hear, then you would probably love the Wondrous Woman program, which is a program that I run to help people reconnect with what's right with them, become toxic person-proof, and go on to design lives they're excited about living. So go to my website, sarahkramsey.com. Check out the tab on programs to find out more and then sign up for a call to see if the Toxic Person Proof Program and the Wondrous Woman Program is right for you. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support. And most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.